The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I love the holiday season, Greg Tucker, because you get to see people that you don't ever see at all a lot of times during not only during the Christmas season, but uh, we were, you and I, uh, at Regina, we were over at uh, Sarah Bell and Gordon Bell's house uh, for a breakfast yesterday morning. And I, I was so glad I, I got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long, long time. And that makes my holiday is being able to see people and enjoy the, the relationships that you've had for many, many years. And uh, uh, we rode over, you and Mentriette and, and Regina and, and myself, and then we got to meet James Hamlin and Pat over uh, there and sat down and had a great uh, uh, breakfast. And um, just to be, Sarah Bell has got the biggest heart I think anybody could ever have it, it she and Gordon work uh, just continuously making sure that everybody is comfortable and enjoy uh, everybody's uh, uh, conversation it's just special and I wanted to say I know Mentri is listening I messed up yesterday I told her that I had gotten her and your Christmas card and um uh, Unfortunately, uh, when I was thinking about moving, all of my Christmas cards got misplaced. So that's why none I have nobody's gotten any Christmas cards for me this year. So I've got to call everybody and and thank them. But anyway, uh, the Christmas card that she sent was amazing. Of course, it had uh, little Abner in it and Daisy May uh, with a stamp, uh, which is how many people would have received that this year? And not only that, uh, I had given her uh, uh, why God made peace officers, law enforcement officers, and uh, she took peace. Yes, and she took that and turned it into French, uh, talking about the same thing, and. I was just absolutely fascinated because I didn't get the card uh, till last night because I thought I'd gotten everything out of the uh, 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 post office box, but I didn't. But anyway, Mentriette, I am so sorry I told you that because this was probably the most interesting Christmas card 
I have ever gotten, and it really pleased me quite a bit. So uh, I love the the Christmas time. I love the Christmas holiday spirit, and people just say, well, it's the holidays. To me, it means a whole lot more than the holidays. Um, it's, it, it's, it's a life experience during this particular time, and uh, uh, all the people like you and Mentorette and Regina and and I can go on and on and on for three hours talking about the people that have meant a lot to me in my life. So it's pretty special. Good morning, Truman. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you sure know how to dampen what I've just been talking about. No, don't no, you? no. Very, very. You know, I certainly agree. But uh, <clears throat> well, uh, you mentioned uh, Donald's Chapel which is where we live, is a very literary community. In fact, Oh, yeah, blowing you know, it all up now. Yeah, I, we're probably the Greenwich Village of Rutherford County. All the artists and the musicians and the writers, literary. Does, uh, the, the, does the Grinch live there? Uh, that's Greenwich, not oh. Grinch. <laughs> Uh-huh, talk about taking down what's uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we got school teachers, you know, they're Ooh. all there uh, two of them very active. Shannon, Alicia, they're always writing things to make life difficult for the students. Mm -hmm. And uh <clears throat> uh I've written a book or two. And uh during the weekend, I found that uh my cousin next-door neighbor has published mm. and uh, a delightfully charming little I guess it's us he he referred to his self-publication through the media and the internet now it's fairly easy to <coughs> get the physical part of publication done but he has written a lot about uh, the local community and uh, I was blessed to get a complimentary copy and uh, it's available if you go online, Larry Pinkerton. Your cousin. My cousin. Mm -hmm. uh, Google Larry Pinkerton, I guess, would be one way. I'm sure you can run it down, but it's so many memories, so little memory. And uh, I was going to read. He said, what does he, what does he write about? Well, he writes about our little community out there. And on page two, he says, Sometimes I write about my community, Donald's Chapel. Mm -hmm. He spells it with an apostrophe S. I, that's, Is that correct? Well, that's a controversy in the neighborhood. We've yeah. never really resolved it. Yeah. But uh, it says, I've been asked if indeed it is a real place. Yes, Donald's Chapel is real. It naps in a hilly area of southeastern Rutherford County. It is mostly quiet. And when it's not quiet, it is really quiet. So quiet, in fact, sometimes you'll swear you can hear the clouds moving across the sky. Cripple Creek divides Donald's Chapel into east and west. So you're either in east Donald's Chapel or you're in west mm -hmm. Donald's Chapel. Yeah. Uh, I'm in west Donald's Chapel. That's where, that's where my uh, parents are from, that area. Yeah, most of the folks driving through our fair community say they've never been lost in a prettier place. The latest census confirmed that uh, 
cows, dogs, deer, coyotes, ladybugs, spiders, ticks, trees, and tractors all individually outnumber the people in Donald's Chapel. Uh, I recommend the book. It's a cute little volume. got some uh, pictures of the community and uh, a great uh, portrait of Larry Pinkerton, mm -hmm. who is an extraordinary musician, a very talented artist, and also a writer. So, once again, the literary dominance of Donald's Chapel in Rutherford County is demonstrated. I don't think that a lot of people who are thinking about moving to Donald's Chapel would be happy with a place that has more ticks than humans. A lot more. <laughs> A lot more. And, and, I, and I presume it's because you have so many cedar trees out that way. A lot of cedar trees, a lot of big animals. Yeah. And uh, uh, if you if you enjoy uh, animals, cedars, ticks, uh, chiggers. Oh boy, we got we got chiggers big enough to to uh, run you off. Well, uh, I I know where you can get germ drove, so you don't have to worry about chiggers. You just <laughs> Just pour it in a bathtub and sit down in it, and all the chiggers will uh, automatically uh, leave your body. Well, I did have an interesting weekend. Uh, in addition to visiting with my cousin Larry and uh, his sister's family, uh, we were treated on, well, Friday was a traditional day. The, the uh, son and granddaughter came over to help us cut our tree. We always cut a, a cedar. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided to do a smaller tree and set it up on the table. And uh, we did. And uh, then my wife got out all the uh, decorations. And uh, Cora, the granddaughter, was very anxious to help, seven years old. And I remember hearing my wife say, well, it's a lot smaller trees, so we'll just have to go through the ornaments and decide which ones to use this year, mm -hmm. use some of the special ones. And my granddaughter says, no, we can put them all on. <laughs> so if you'll come by somewhere under that layer of decorations, there's a little tree. Uh, but she managed to get everything out of the wrappers, out of the boxes, and get it up on this little tree about two and a half feet tall. Uh, but uh, on Saturday, several activities, but one, we were treated to a special uh, dinner, uh, a fish fry, mm -hmm. uh, but it was fish ribs, and uh, Tommy Fells, a close friend of my son's, had apparently told my son some time ago, he says, I got to come over and and do you a fish fry and uh, give you a chance to learn something you probably never had before. Well, my son uh, invited my wife and I to come over and be part of it, and Tommy comes in with a load of uh, fish ribs. And when he started taking them out of the package and getting them prepared, they looked just like pork ribs, about four to five, six inches long, about a half an inch thick curve just you know regular ribs mm -hmm. but he kept saying fish ribs i said wait a minute where in the world do you get fish ribs and he says well they're farm raised over in arkansas apparently where he had lived for a while and uh he had finally made arrangements for somebody to bring some home 
and uh, he worked and worked at uh, getting the basting, I guess you call it, just right, and uh, cooked them up, and I got the first first helping, and you know, they did have bones, you know, bones about four or five inches long, the meat around it, just like you'd eat ribs out here at Slick Pig. I said, okay, what what are these really? You're going to ruin the taste of it right now. <clears throat> what are these really? And he says, well, the fish is the buffalo. Uh, the buffalo. I said, they're big fish, aren't they? I said, oh, yes, I'm on 30, 40, maybe 50 pounds. And uh, uh, they were good, really good. Nobody in Tennessee eats that. Uh, yeah, there's a ethnic group that I think <laughs> uh, enjoys them. Uh, and uh, I don't know whether it's a different fish or not, but we may have buffalo out here in the, uh, Percy Priest or Old Hickory. Got them all over the place. Oh, under a different name. Yeah. Uh, but it it's was. It's a four-letter word. It uh, good. <laughs> Very good, and enjoyed it. And Tommy, if you're listening, or anybody knows Tommy Fells, uh, we we enjoyed it. Not only the food was good. My son had thrown together a good tossed salad to go with it, and I uh, used a little Louisiana hot sauce, and uh, it was good quite stuff. good. And we ended up with a pile of rib bones, which I had decided not to give to the dogs because uh, they looked like they might be a little bit of a problem for a, a dog trying to swallow everything. Uh, but Go ahead and tell everybody what that is. Huh? Well, the buffalo is closely related, if not the same, as the carp. Yes. Uh, but these are farm-raised, grain-fed, and uh, I have had some contact with catfish farming. Mm -hmm. Apparently very, very similar. Uh, if you've never seen them harvest a uh, commercial farm fish pond, mm -hmm. it's impressive. It takes two big tractors. Uh, I've seen them with two big John Deere tractors, twice the size of mine. Mine's a 2350. I don't know what these were. And they will go up uh, one on either side of the pond dragging a great big net. And there must be ton or several tons of fish that they net out of those ponds when they, when they harvest. And in the case of the buffalo, they're going to be some big fish if you're grain feeding them. I used to catch some amazing carp. And uh, we were all told that there wasn't enough meat on the the carp uh, to take it home and enjoy it but I did have friends that would take uh, take it from me after I caught one and well, uh, they they just absolutely loved it well I was impressed how much meat is on the rib yeah and yes you've got a real bone in there that you know you know off of just like you do with the the pork ribs mm -hmm. uh, but uh, very interesting spirit, and you know, at my age, it's always fun to find something you hadn't done before, or uh, in this case, hadn't eaten before. And uh, you've got a lot of good, unusual friends that kind of uh, walk at a different step than a lot of other people do. I think they're pretty usual. You just have to appreciate how much variety there is, not just in this world, but in this community. Yeah, and a lot of interesting experiences, and uh, we went to church yesterday. And uh, were you late? 
my uh, granddaughter was part of the uh, traditional Christmas pageant mm -hmm. put on by the youth group of the church. She's going to be a big star one of these days. Yeah, well, she got to be the uh, Mary in yeah. the, in Ooh, the, in the pageant. Yeah, and uh, I didn't realize, but it's, uh, it certainly made me aware, I didn't realize before that uh, Mary and Joseph were a mixed couple, uh, at least in this pageant. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, music was the pastor did a solo number a cappella of Amazing Grace. Yeah. And it shook me. Uh, you know, one of those where you can feel the, the chair and the bench vibrate. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, a very interesting experience. Uh, earlier in the day, after, uh, no, that was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday morning. Uh, and for those who don't know the uh, tradition, Mid uh, on a Saturday in mid-December for the last oh a good many years, and it has grown bigger every year, is a traditional uh, uh, reckoning called Wreath Across America, yeah. and uh, it in it started with the Arlington Cemetery up in Washington, and is now spread to uh, veterans' graves all over the world. American veterans, of course, are buried in Europe and other places around the world, so it's an international thing now. But uh, we learned a couple of months ago, I uh, did a uh, speaking engagement down in Manchester, mm -hmm. that uh, the Beach Grove Cemetery was going to be part of this year's celebration. It may have in the past, I just I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. So it was scheduled to be around noon all over the world. And uh, so we went down there about 11.30. We missed some of the formal uh, remarks and such. But the Beach Grove Cemetery is beautiful. First, it's up on a hill. It's extremely well kept. There's a lot of information there. Uh, uh, as you noted, there's an audio kind of tape that you can play, yeah. and then there's a lot of monuments that can be read. But every one of the soldier graves had this beautiful green wreath with a red ribbon, all mm -hmm. identical, lined up. I took several pictures lined up. And uh, uh, the whole idea of wreath across America is to remind the rest of us still here how many have sacrificed either yeah. time out of their life or sacrificed their lives themselves mm -hmm. uh, to keep and give us the freedom we enjoy. Uh, you know, the freedom to ha have fish ribs, uh, yeah. the freedom to worship as we want, the freedom to express our opinions, uh, and uh, a beautiful tradition. And of course, it's all privately funded through uh, gifts and philanthropy. Yeah. And the Sons of Confederate Veterans chapter down in Manchester, I believe, is the one that uh, took lead responsibility yeah. in this Beach Grove uh, exercise. And part of what moved me was these are graves of the Confederate soldiers mm -hmm. who fell in the Battle of Hoover's Gap, or the what's sometimes called the Beach Grove engagement, and uh, were gathered up by the local residents after mm -hmm. the engagement. 
and taken up onto the hill where there already were some pioneer cemeteries, uh, which are still marked and are separately identifiable, but buried all the unknown fallen soldiers who yeah. were, the bodies were found, I understand from reading, throughout that area of the county. And we're actually in Rutherford and Coffee, and even Bedford counties are coming together right in that area. So they were gathered up. And the local residents you know, did the burials. And over time, all of the uh, separate graves have been marked uh, either as unknown or in surprising number of cases, the, the uh, actual soldier is identified. Uh, but uh, to see those graves decorated as part of our recognition of veterans and the sacrifices made is for me, and I would hope for many others, a moving experience with a real message. You know, we're all Americans. Yeah. They were all Americans back then. And they were fighting for what they believed in. In this mm -hmm. case was the right to govern themselves. And uh, it's proper for us to, to recognize, particularly in the cemeteries, uh, where we know they're the veterans' graves. Uh, so, interesting time. I have been there a number of times by myself. For whatever reason, I, 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 I'm able to um, maybe enjoy it and celebrate those particular people that are buried there in that cemetery. And they have done a great job. Uh, they, you can push a button, and uh, it will play uh, the the history uh, of that particular uh, gravesite or gravesite, and uh, and they also play uh, Dixie. <coughs> and I have sat there and played them over and over because I've, I'm by myself and I can enjoy. Uh, all the things that uh, they have been able to create there. And, and, and you know, a lot of times uh, when you have uh, especially a, a war that takes in all the people in this country, uh, it, whether you're fighting for statehood or you're fighting to uh, keep our country together, uh, and... Um, uh, you and I have talked a lot of times about really should that war have ever happened because a lot of us believe that, that uh, everything would have turned out in a positive way for everybody because they were working on that at the time, trying to uh, keep peace and, and make everybody free during that particular time. And, uh, but... It, I, I get just kind of like a tingle down my back every time I go over there and sit down by myself and I contemplate all the things that that happen. And, uh, you know, it, God has always been a part of our life in, in, in this country, and I think it always will be and should be. And uh, uh, just thank our blessing for all of those uh, um, soldiers who gave their lives uh, and you know you had brother against brother and 
and uh, families against family. And uh, a lot of times they had, were fighting for a different reason uh, during those particular times. And, and uh, I'm just... Uh, well, the I'm, Senate, I'm glad that there's people like you and 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 Mentoriette that are willing to go and and be a part of those particular celebrations. Well, the uh, turnout was impressive. It looked to me like as many as uh, maybe 150, 200 people were there for the formal part of the uh, observance. Yeah. Uh, as I say, we got there a little late, but uh, you know, you had to park on the grass. It was all. Uh, filled with uh, those who had been there to participate or those who were there to observe. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know where this is, if you go south on 231 towards Manchester, Manchester Highway, just as you cross out of uh, Rutherford County, you're in the Beech Grove community. And it is on a hill overlooking uh, Interstate 24 and the interchange there but also just a very pretty sight in the hills down 231 there. 231 or 41? Excuse me, it's 41. Yeah, yeah you're right, 41. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, it has got a self-guided tour and uh, very interesting. The uh, cemetery itself is historically significant because I believe I'm correct. It was the first uh, war cemetery honoring, memorializing the, the war dead. Uh, for either side mm -hmm. uh, and was put together initially by the residents, the locals, uh, after the battle there. Uh, but the battle there also, and I've written about this a couple of times, is very significant in terms of the history of warfare generally mm -hmm. and also the individual, that uh, uh, most prominent individual uh, in connection with this particular battle or engagement, uh, was an extraordinary individual before the war and after the war made a real difference for Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about, uh, he was at the time of the engagement, a colonel, Colonel John T. Wilder of the uh, Union Army. Uh, he was uh, from Greensburg, Indiana. And the immediate thing that uh, made him prominent was uh, he was six feet, two inches tall. Yeah, Quite, tall for back then. Oh, back then. He towered over everybody, probably head and shoulders over many of them. Mm -hmm. uh, successful industrialist in his home state, owned and managed a foundry, had over 100 employees. And uh, he made equipment that was used in mills. Uh, like the mills, the water-powered mills. Uh, he made the equipment for the mills uh, and had had uh, invented and developed several uh, pieces of equipment that he held patents on, uh, hydraulic equipment, and had a reputation before the war as a uh, an expert on milling equipment and hydraulics the science of using water for power. We have a very special person waiting. All right. I guess I know who that is. Mentriette, you're on there. Um, I just want to mention something that really, really touched me. I had told the kids, that means Haven and Alicia, about across America. Mm -hmm. And 
stated that it is an honor that we need to observe and and um, a recognition that we need to give to our fallen ones because in my country with all the wars that we have been through all the family members young men that i have lost there is no such recognition by the nation so I almost cried when Alicia that evening came and surprised me with a wreath that she had made for me, for the members of my family that have been lost in the war. And she brought with her, it's a beautiful wreath that she made from the uh, greenery around their farm. Mm -hmm. And she brought with her little tags and little bells, and on each tag I wrote the name of those who have lost, who have been killed, um, and Cora tied, tied the, the tags and the bell onto the wreath. And you know, that is the first time ever, other than in our prayers, that that any kind of gesture has been made um, for those who have uh, given their lives for the wars in Vietnam that go back to my mother's and my parents' generation. So I just want to share that and how, how fortunate we are to have such young people in our community. Yes. Thank you, Truman. Thank you, Mitriette. What a what a special statement that was. And at my wife's invitation, we added the fellows that I grew up with, my childhood friends, who mm. also were lost in that conflict. So mm. it's still on the front front of the house, and uh, real proud of it. I, I'm uh, I'm overcome this this morning. Let, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And I would highly recommend Adams Place is a place to enjoy life. It's comfortable, the settings are homelike and not sterile Adams Place is a place they're looking out for you you feel at home and I'm very fortunate there's a lot of people here I already knew to get back to the food I want to say one thing the chef does a fabulous job here I'm Larry Castelli you know I would highly recommend Adams Place Del Wamsley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is until you stop expecting the politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listen to my show, the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Catch the Del Wamsley Radio Show Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, here on News Radio WGNS. Guys, it's important to prioritize your health. This is Scott, and I recommend getting an annual health assessment at Low T Center in Murfreesboro where they check all your levels, not just testosterone. 
Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness, and they make it quick and easy to take care of your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. Low T Center offers the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments shipped directly to your home for only $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. At Low T Center, most health insurance is accepted. Schedule your appointment online right now at LowTCenter.com. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. WGNS is growing to better serve North Rutherford County. We have a powerful signal in Smyrna and Laverne on FM 100.5. In Murfreesboro, we have you covered on FM 101.9 and, of course, on AM 1450. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. One of the crimes that increases during Christmas is walkout thefts. Smyrna police continue to gather evidence on such criminal activities, and they're asking you to help them identify suspects who are at Walmart in Smyrna on Thursday, December 2nd. Their pictures are posted on WGNSRadio.com. The three left the Smyrna Walmart in a gray four-door sedan. The figure keeps going up. Now the National Weather Service says 24 tornadoes touched down across the state between December 10th and 11th. The severe weather caused the death of five people. Tennessee's unemployment rate is at its lowest since before the COVID-19 shutdowns. The unemployment rate fell to 4% last month. That's the same rate it was before the coronavirus outbreak. The state recorded its highest unemployment rate ever, nearly 16% in April of 2020. An Iowa-based grocery store brand is expanding into Tennessee. Hy-Vee announced its plans to expand in Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and Indiana earlier this month. Hy-Vee plans to open two stores in the Nashville area and one each in Knoxville and Memphis in 2023. Its distribution facility is also expected to be built in Tennessee. And Tennessee is hoping for a white Christmas. We'll have to head to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Data from the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration shows the best chance for snow this Christmas is in Mount Lacante. Sevier County Town has nearly a 49% chance of snowfall on Christmas. Crossville is your next best bet. They have just over a 12% chance. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. 
This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers inviting you to come and shop with our family and let us help make this Christmas the best holiday ever. Here at Bell Jewelers, we do a lot of engraving and we offer clocks and engravable picture frames. We can engrave on crystal and metal. So if you or your company want to gift your employees or a special customer an engravable gift, we can take care of that for you this Christmas. At Bell Jewelers, Discount Mattress is cleaning house. All remaining 2021 models are priced at or below cost to make room for newly arriving models. Save hundreds on brand names like Serta, Simmons, Englander, Beautyrest Black, and iComfort. Discount Mattress is locally owned and operated and has been serving Murfreesboro since 2001. Come see us at 1647 Northwest Broad Street next to LexPro Automotive and Pinnacle Bank. Discount Mattress, a better night's sleep starts today. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon with a high in the low 50s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low 32. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 32. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn, pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Greg Tucker. And Greg, this has been a very emotional program for me. And I think for most people, uh, uh, people have a, a strong, um, I, I guess, support for all of our veterans not only here in the, in our country but across the world and 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 I think that's what really makes our uh, our country so involved in a lot of things that go on across the war because most of us would like to see everyone have uh, a chance for freedom to exist freedom of thought and all of those things and and uh, uh, this is this has been a special show for me. Well, and uh, I think the individual involved in what led up to our Beach Grove Cemetery on uh, the Union side, which of course was the uh, enemy uh, for many of the people of that period. But John Wilder from uh, Indiana. He was 31 years old when the war broke out, and apparently, like has happened frequently over our history, he felt like he should do his part. Mm-hmm. And uh, But because of his age, when he joined, they made him a, a private. And uh, it's interesting that 24 hours later, uh, after he signed up and reported, he was promoted. And... Uh, uh, he was promoted to uh, captain on his second day of service and put in command of a particular unit. Uh, and then a couple of months later, 
the governor of Indiana elevated him to a lieutenant colonel and put him in charge of the 17th Indiana Infantry. Mm -hmm. So it was, I'm sure, his reputation before the war in part, but also the recognition that here was a fellow who really uh, was a leader and put in charge of it. Uh, he uh, was active in several engagements in Kentucky, Tennessee, and Mississippi and uh, confronted and uh, was uh, overwhelmed a couple of times by two others that are familiar names in this area, Morgan mm -hmm. and Forrest. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wilder, obviously being intelligent, studied. He was impressed by the tactics and the success of those two. Yeah. And he very quickly became a student of those tactics and incorporated them into uh, his own activity and his command. The uh, Union Army at that time was very much a, uh, what would you say, committed to particular style and tactics. Yeah. And uh, they were being uh, bested repeatedly by the Raiders, Morgan and uh, Forrest. So Wilder adopted their tactics and uh, was quite successful. Uh, Wilder also, probably because of his uh, business background, was aware of uh, new developments in technology that might be relevant to the conflict. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, uh, Christopher Spencer, familiar name if you're familiar with the history of armament at all, uh, had developed a repeating rifle and uh, Wilder uh, approached the uh, Union Command and said, you know, this is something we need to at least experiment, study, and perhaps adopt. And the Union Command said no. Hmm. Uh, again, they were committed to what uh, they were accustomed to. Uh, it was interesting that uh, Wilder was very sensitive to what uh, weapons and armament his people carried and he had already provided to every one of the uh, individuals in his command a hatchet oh, and, wow. and insisted that they carry with them at their side a well-kept hatchet because there was a lot of occasions when uh, they needed to cut through, remove, or even in hand-to-hand -hand combat, yeah. needed something of that nature. So when he learned about this uh, repeating rifle and the fact that the uh, Army would not invest in it and provide it, he went back to the bank in, in, uh, in his home area and made arrangements with the bank to finance the purchase of enough rifles to give one to every one of his men and did that. That's a lot of money. That was a lot of money at that time. He had each one of his men, almost kind of a ceremonial gesture, sign a note committing to repay the bank and such for, uh, for the rifle. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> when Bragg, who was, uh, made a lot of mistakes, when Bragg withdrew and set up uh, down Tullahoma, across that way, uh, anticipating that the uh, Northern Army would come down probably through Shelbyville and Tullahoma and that way. Uh, Wilder, 
perhaps on orders of others, uh, was delegated the responsibility for opening it up, going down through Hoover's Gap. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the uh, Confederate defenses of Hoover's Gap were relatively thin from what they should have been if they had anticipated correctly. Uh, but that was the first place that Wilder's uh, contingent brigade had an opportunity to use a repeating rifle. And the Confederate uh, protecting the area and trying to hold the uh, gap against penetration on down towards Chattanooga were scattered, as you would expect, uh, in the what we today call guerrilla warfare, were scattered out through. But each of them had... Uh, a uh, musket style, in other words, one shot and you yeah. had to reload. And uh, when the uh, brigade, Wilder and his brigade came in, uh, it was one of the shortest battles because the uh, Wilder had like eight uh, rounds in their repeating rifle compared to one. And like soon they doubled in, in, in it, the numbers oh, at yeah. that time. And, uh, Every time a Confederate fired his rifle, of course, it gave away his location, yeah. and there would be a fusillade of return fire. Went through so quickly that later his brigade was was dubbed the Lightning Brigade because they moved so quickly through there, uh, taking down virtually 100% of the resistance. And uh, he continued. To, uh, in fact, he and Forrest had several other skirmishes as he went on down towards towards Chattanooga uh, and was significant in making it possible for Sherman and the major part of the Union Army to, to get into Georgia and on through Georgia. After the war, though, is what is significant. Apparently, Wilder, in his uh, military time in that part of the state, recognized that the, what then was a small town, Chattanooga, had resources that were made very strong potential for development. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the war, Wilder returned to Tennessee, to, to the Chattanooga area in particular, and financed and developed what became an industrial center of the Southeast, uh, drawing upon the iron resources on down the Appalachian chain, the water power, the Tennessee River and the other water uh, sources around there, and built and owned uh, much of the uh, heavy industry that developed after the war down there in the Chattanooga area. So as we've said before, referring to some others, he brought back to Tennessee what was really needed after the war to rebuild parts of the state. He brought money, but he also brought an expertise, the, what he had experience in in his uh, uh, work and uh, activity before the war. And uh, <clears throat> even as uh, uh, in his later years, still based in East Tennessee, he had an idea that uh, there was money to be made through what today we'd call resorts. And he opened a couple of what became resort areas, retreats uh, from the city life uh, on up north of Chattanooga uh, in that area. A uh, couple other things about him, though, in uh, the post-war 
One, he had a friend that he respected who had been a former uh, rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and Nathan Bedford Forrest had a close relationship, which uh, accounted for, well, there was a point there where Forrest was being targeted by the uh, Washington establishment yeah. uh, for his involvement in the war and uh, for his association at the time with the uh, KKK, mm-hmm. which at the time Forrest was disbanding and uh, working hard to prohibit. Uh, but uh, Wilder made contact with uh, his connections in Washington, D.C., being, for instance, President Grant, mm-hmm. who he had uh, served and worked with. And uh, everybody agreed to back off Forrest. And uh, Forrest then uh, and thereafter visited frequently and spent time in the home of Wilder and Wilder came over to Memphis, spent time with uh, Forrest. Another good example of, you know, this was uh, an unfortunate brother-to-brother conflict. Yeah. And after the war, the real leaders were able to recognize that, you know, we have a common interest here. Which reminds me, if you go into the uh, cemetery down at Beach Grove, there's one monument which has a detailed excerpt from the message that Forrest gave his men uh, when the, after the surrender. Mm-hmm. And essentially, and it's in one of my books, I repeated it in full. Uh, but essentially what he said was, go home, go back to what you were doing before, and be a good American citizen. Yeah. You know, uh, we lost to be anything else, uh, but now it's time for us to go back and be good American citizens, mm-hmm. law-abiding, hard-working, family-responsible. And uh, it's one of the, I know frequently you see Lee's statement of a similar nature, but Forrest is more precise and saying, you know, you need to put this behind you, and we need to work together. And uh, it's an appropriate part of the monument down there at Beach Grove. You know, uh, there were a lot, there were a number of atrocities that happened during that war. But most of the people on both sides were there just pretty much fighting for either for the countryside or, or for the state's rights. And uh, it was, when you think about it, it was an emotional war. It, it really wa- was, uh, no matter how you look at it. And, oh, we got a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard with Greg Tucker. Good, good morning. I tell good morning. You what, I tell you, am I online? You are online. All right. I tell you, when I hear war, it hurts me all over. I wish yes. we could outgrow war. It seems like we, we, we just keep going through the same process and progress and nothing. But let me tell you something. It's a shame. I'm talking about Rutherford County, and I heard you all naming different counties and talking about cemeteries. Yes. Let me tell you all something. It's a shame. I'm talking about my families and friends, and they know who I'm talking about around Rutherford County. It's a shame how we let our cemeteries go to the dogs. What happened to the respect? Of our, I remember when I was a little child, okay, 
our family had days that we would go to the cemetery and work. What happened to the to the people I used to know? What do anybody have anybody seen those type of people lately? I mean, it's, uh, it's just woods. I it, mean, it, we're on the same uh, page you are. Well, it's uh, terrible, Casey. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, it, it, it just what happened to love in the real? You know, we talk a good game, but mm-hmm. even when I was a child, it was it was embarrassing to me. But it, I didn't never think it could get him worse. It got worse. And we're always talking about, oh, yeah, we love, we love. That is not true. Love means speaking. It means walking it. See, mm-hmm. anybody can say love. But You're right. It's a shame. How, I, mean, I mean, I'm listening to you guys talking about taking care of your cemeteries and appreciating what people did for us. But, you know, back that, that's, that's very rare nowadays. And the people, somebody listening to me, they know what I'm talking about. It's a shame how our cemeteries are looking Where's the real love at? Well, recently, you're quite right, but recently there has been some renewed effort. The uh, county now has kept, developed, and is keeping up to date as we find these cemeteries, these family cemeteries, both a map and a uh, detailed description all the way down to, you know, the GPS coordinates so you can find exactly where. Uh, We also have... uh, uh, the Rutherford County Historic Society has assisted in uh, several of the community graveyards. Uh, the one down in Donald's Chapel recently, uh, a Revolutionary War veteran over near the uh, Stones River Battlefield. Some efforts being made. And uh, the Rutherford County Historic Society uh, has now a uh, financial support program so if you have a family cemetery you want to restore you can work through the historic society and uh, get the benefit of uh, deductible contributions and such as that Uh, and I recently got a letter from uh, the state of Tennessee noting that the benevolent cemetery which is uh, if you go over the bridge on South Church look over to the right uh, I believe I'm correct. That's the old Benevolent Cemetery, which uh, I was aware was in uh, bad condition because one of the local churches had approached the city, maybe the county as well, about funding some uh, cleanup of that cemetery. Yes, sir. And uh, so there has been some progress made. In other words, you now know that it's there and can see the evidence of it. And hopefully that'll help uh, in uh, the maintenance of it. But it has been uh, nominated, and I'm sure will be approved for uh, the uh, status on the National Historic Register. That's good. That's uh, good. I'm glad somebody yeah. is trying to do something. Yeah. Appreciate you, sir. All right. And uh, but you're absolutely right. We have a poor history there, and uh, I'm. Helping mediate between uh, a landowner and the descendants of a cemetery down near Eagleville, and I've been pleased that the two sides, once they sat down, looked at each other, and began talking, uh, are now working together to repair damage that was done and uh, to identify the families that are in the cemetery. And hopefully they'll eventually even put up a marker after the cemetery has been cleaned up. We're doing better, but we don't have a good history of care for our our 
family and small community church cemeteries. Yeah. But uh, hopefully we're doing a little better. You know, I remember when Roger Haley called me and told me the cities uh, were no longer, uh, were talking about no longer escorting uh, funeral processions. And they called me and, and, and I said, listen, we're always going to do it because you have to honor those people that uh, have been residents of Rutherford County and and uh, how much they have meant to our community and and um, uh, can you imagine having a family that uh, did not get uh, that proper response from the government you might say our, our, uh, our law enforcement officers and and um, we've uh, from for almost through the whole history, we've we've had that kind of support here in our community, and I don't ever want to see it go because, um, you know, lives are precious, and and uh, and, and the families uh, are. It, it means a whole lot to you to have that type of response, and especially for our veterans. I mean, when you leave out the veterans, that that that's just. Um, so irresponsible for me. What? I think we're out of time. You think we are? Yeah. Oh. Well, hey, Greg, I thoroughly enjoyed the show today. Good. And it means a lot to me, and I think it means a lot to most of the people in our community. So, And I, I appreciate Casey calling in. Casey uh, is one of my buddies, and I always enjoy what he has to say. One other comment, uh, we will take a day off next week. We are? Okay. Yeah, so uh, the first Monday in January, we'll be back and look forward to the conversation. Well, what are we talking about a week from today? What? Uh, we have a... Uh, are we not in January yet, a week from today? No, that'll be the 27th of December. Today is the 20th. Okay. And uh, we have a very... Look forward to social engagement. That oh, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be off the air. Hopefully, they'll put on one of those best of Trumans. That would be nice, wouldn't it? All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at nine. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. On FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.